I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, welcome to Scam Wow. I'm Caitlin Brodnick, and we love Sue Smith, and we love scams. Guys, welcome back. This is our first guest back from break. He is our breakthrough kid. Is that what you call him? <laughs> our breakthrough baby. You're going for, you're going for comeback, comeback kid. kid. Comeback kid. Thank you. Uh, thank you for correcting me. And he'll correct me this entire time. Guys, we are so lucky. We have my neighbor, the first guest I've done in person in like almost two years. Because for a while, I just did it online because of yeah. Lewis. We are in person. We're doing an interview with Brandon Salloy. Am I saying it right? Salloy. <laughs> because we're neighbors, when because would we ever never, say each other's names? I'll never say it again. No. Brendan Saloy, and he is my downstairs neighbor of my building, the place we call Raccoon View Terrace in Astoria, and I am delighted. Brendan's also a fan, which is like very complimentary. Very nice Big that fan. he even knew who we are. <laughs> Guys, please welcome Brandon Saloy. Saloy? <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How was your break? Well, the break made me want to go harder, stronger, longer. <laughs> That's what we like. Like to all hear. pornos. <laughs> like I need to get back to the scams. And I will tell you, I was explaining to Brandon, guys, all of our Patreon lovers, Patreon patrons, you will hear Brandon and I having a deep, way too personal talk on oh, our friend Stu. It is, it is intimate. It is intimate. And you know what? That's what you pay for. <laughs> and we appreciate it. <laughs> but I have been scammed like 
three times in the past month. And it is because we have not been recording Scam Wow. And I have been losing my edge. Gone. Let's get right into it. I need to get right into it. Okay, here are all the ways I've been scammed. <laughs> I bought a dress for last episode. I was talking about the, the wedding that I scammed myself into being a bridesmaid, maid of honor, mother of the bride, sister of the bride. Like I'm taking all positions. You're actually the bride. It turns out yeah. I'll, I could totally sub as a bride. A blushing um, bride. Love to blush. Love to wear white. Oh my God, I picked this outfit. So I'm going crazy. I spent like thousands of dollars on ASOS to return it and only buy a dress that's like a hundred bucks. But Which I is spent... the only way you're allowed to shop at ASOS. Only way. Yeah. If you buy one at a time, you're losing a lot of it's money. It's sort of built into the business. It model. is. Yeah. It is. But I was like, yikes, my credit card's shocked. <laughs> <laughs> this is not normal. <laughs> so then, because I was like, I don't want to be all ASOS, what if I get another dress from this other cheap place mm-hmm. and then try them on and return them? Well, this other cheap place was a lie. Oh. This was one of those places where you say like, what I ordered and what I got. <laughs> and I'm going to show Brandon pictures right now of what I ordered. And guys, I'm going to put it on my Instagram so you can see. <laughs> but I got something that was supposed to be a bustier dress. Oh. Uh, taffeta. Oh. Ruching. Ruching. Gathered <laughs> strawberries on lace. And this is what I got. Caitlin. <laughs> okay. Okay. First of all, what you described could be six different dresses. That's true. <laughs> I gotta show you what I got. It is <laughs> also the picture I showed Brandon. My eyes are closed and I'm smiling and quite sweaty. Sweaty strawberry shortcake. Yeah, it is. We love it. The cups are <laughs> on my collarbone. It's supposed to be a bustier. It is so horribly done. It doesn't fit in any Wait, way. Was that? open yeah was it just no that's just because i could not zip it up to save my life oh my god it is a a polyester polka dot like i was in bye bye birdie the (laughs) other dress i got from them was a blue like supposed to be really pretty down to the ground dress pretty it's okay but if you look at the side boob it has literally like made a triangle on Mm. my tit very ugly this one that i got from them was supposed to be a thick cotton and it is like a one of those dresses that you get like at a mall in Mexico. <laughs> like it's like a very thin, right. that crinkly cotton. Mm-hmm. It, all of it was a lie. All of it was you, But you really can wear primary colors though. Those are my colors. Wow. Those are only my colors, reds and blues. And I was told that when I was like six, my family was like, <laughs> you look good in blue and red, honey. Keep it. And that was you know, it. That royal blue on your skin tone is really My favorite. Nice. I, I'm loving an emerald green. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. Yeah. So I so I went I researched them even when after I purchased it I saw that they their website was made in like 2021. Oh, no. oh. Uh, they have like four Instagram posts. All of the dresses I did see on also my Korean skincare website. Oh, no. So the dresses are just copies of other dresses. I think one might have been a Rodart that I that they copied and it's bad guys and i don't know how i can return it it's going to be for something anonymous they're going to say it's lost in shipping and i have lost like a hundred and fifty something dollars because it was three dresses around like 40 before you even leave for the wedding before before (laughs) just so So many wearing has this wedding happened yet? it has not happened yet which is why i'm continually to be scammed i'll be scammed in two weeks too i'm sure I also decided that I was going to be in charge of, like, the bridal shower bachelorette party. Okay. 
I have made stencil DIY gifts for all of the women. I made little slippers that say batch bash. Oh, you went full Etsy. Just one woman Etsy. Oh, all, wow. all over myself. And mm. then I have baggies that have candy in them that I'm hiding from my son. He's like, can I have one? I'm like, no, you cannot. <laughs> nope. It's for these strangers I've never met before. <laughs> for these strange women that I, don't I have know. sunglasses that say bride tribe. It's for I a group of gals. A group of gals who I hope to never meet again. <laughs> Just, kidding. Just kidding. I'm sure they're all listed listeners right now. <laughs> Like, let's check out that chick, Caitlin's podcast. Yeah, she's so nice. Is she trashing me? No, I love everyone, but I am going like way Mm -hmm. too deep in this. And then, you know, and Alan was like, why did you spend so much money? And I'm like, you know, because, because I'm weak. Because I'm weak right now. I'm having a weak time. You don't have a podcast. Don't. Yeah. No, I was, I was casual. So also I'm wearing headphones for no reason. Guys, Caitlin said we're in person. We're basically touching each other. We are. We're so close. This is so exciting. And we're both vaccinated. It was so funny. I knew the second that anybody got vaccinated, I'd be like, I'll lick your face. Like, I knew that like, I would create a new level of intimacy with everyone. Because I was so excited to, that life would start. Yeah. I'm so happy. Okay. So that's out of the way. That was VIP. Um, guys, we are here because Brandon loves this Im- amazing story. Do you want to take us through it? Because you came to me and you were like, I want her. I want to do her. early in the pandemic, I have no idea what brought me to this woman. Who ever knows? But uh, a book arrived by mail that I ordered. Okay. So you did order it. I did order it. (laughs) I don't know why. I literally have no... I asked Daniel the other day. I have no idea why I ordered this book. But I ordered the biography of Isabella Stewart Gardner. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> I think you told me, you're like, did you know about this lady? Knew nothing. Oh, and I, I would bring it up to people like at random points in the <laughs> like day. Like it was like Bill Clinton. Yeah. You know, Isabella. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Isabella Stewart Gardner. See, I had heard about her and her museum because yes. I have family in Boston. But also, you are an art guy. Guys, I'll say, I'll say, guys, Brandon knows so much about art. Oh, so much. You visit museums for fun, though. You know so much more than most people listening, I'm sure. You majored in art, right? No. All right. Well, you I could, majored you in graphic lie. design, and I took quite a quite a few art history courses. Then you can just lie and yeah, say you did. Yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> Maybe got my master, went back, yeah, and the I, whole yeah. bit. Yeah. And then, and so he works in design, mm-hmm. and he's so creative, and he paints. It's so fun. So we have that kindred spirit. <laughs> um, and then... So that brought you to it, not just because it wasn't like you're a baseball fanatic fan. You're like, right. I love Boston. And let's I love look at, Boston. I <laughs> let's love look going, at to, going into Boston. Yeah. Um, no, you like art. Well, see, um, the Venn diagram of my interests are art and eccentric old women. Oh, yes. So basically, so she had me hook, line, sinker from the beginning. She did. He he loves a crazy lady. We <laughs> said on our Patreon, oh, he loves it. You have to follow his Instagram, guys. What is, can you say it so they can just get on it right now as they're I listening? It's just Brandon Saloy, isn't it? Great. Perfect. It's yeah. going to be in our show notes. Yeah. And he he will just show you like a picture of like a casual woman having a nervous breakdown and then a beautiful painting in front of it. <laughs> it's amazing. That's absolutely my brand. It's my favorite. Yeah. I, I started reading her biography and just fell in love with this woman who, I mean, basically her claim to fame was she was just obscenely rich. Yeah. And if only. And just had a keen eye for collecting art. Yes. And a, a like a really vivacious interest in it. She was quite ferocious. Like yes. she was just like, I want it, I want it now. And I was reading too, she made friends with this Harvard grad, this like young mm-hmm. boy who I was like, were they in love? But I think he was gay. <laughs> 
So she had a lot of men. That's she a, had that's, a lot that's of men. That's another thing. It's like, so she had this idea once she had amassed like a pretty substantial collection. Yes. That she would start showing it off. And basically she turned her home into a museum. But then yeah. she collected so much art yeah. that like her home was no longer big enough. Right. So... Her husband dies. That's when it really took off for her. Every, every, it really did. Everything I read is like, that guy died and she exploded onto the art And it's scene. interesting because he wouldn't have stopped her. It was, no. his, it was his idea to for her. He said, oh, sweetie, like, this isn't working out like this. You like, you yeah. need a whole other building. And it's her money, too. Like, she yes. was the rich people. Well, it was, he was very wealthy and she came okay, into okay. it with a lot of wealth. Okay, okay. Um, but, but yeah, he was like, yeah, sweetie, like we need, like, we're running out of room. It's basically yeah. us in our, yeah. in our small apartments Just and our like husbands Brandon. are like, mm-hmm. please stop bringing home things. Yes. Yes. It yes. was that. But instead of saying you need to get rid of this, he was like, you need to build a separate building for this. Which is incredible. Yeah. What a dream. What yeah. a dream to be rich. So she, he dies. He died. Cha-ching. She, yeah, she goes she straight to the bank. <laughs> straight to the bank. Dance is over. She gets an architect who hates her. Ooh, I didn't know that detail. Because she just wanted a lot and she knew exactly what she wanted. Uh, She wanted to create something that looks like Versailles. Like, right? like, a, like a Venetian. Palace. Right. And she's in Boston. Yes. In Boston. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You're in Boston. Right. And she got like, it wasn't it like a wet space, like a wetland? Like oh, it was it like. It was fully a... like on a marsh. Yes. Fen. Yeah. Yes. It, to this day, it overlooks the Fen. Yeah. So it's like a gross ass place. And she's like, we're going to turn this into Venice. But like Boston was nothing. No. She also, I read, just went to Boston because she liked how the literature was. She liked mm-hmm. being around the Harvard kids. She sort of liked that intellect place because she could have gone anywhere. Yes. It, I read, too, that she had a son died under two years old. Yes. And the doctor said, <clears throat> take her on vacation, which take yeah. me on yes. vacation. I don't want anything tragic to happen. Just take me on vacation. So, yeah, that sort of that really kicked off her fascination with antiquities and, and other worlds and because, Egypt. Like, she had been um as a young girl like as a teenager they sent her off as you know wealthy oh, families yeah. did they're like oh yeah just like can't keep that kid pal around europe and yeah. and they had to make sure they sent her to this school where she would be very much in line but still like be able to see europe yes but um so she returned as you said after she lost a child yeah um and before that she was like bedridden like oh I'm sure she had physical ailments, but I'm sure a lot of them were like manifestations of her depression. Extreme postpartum. Extreme depression, yeah. Trauma, yeah. So, um, yeah, as you said, uh, Jack Gardner takes her away, and girl, she, like, they they she physically goes. had to carry her onto the boat to leave. Really? She came back, girl, she was like, like swiveling hips. She's I swear the to God. comeback kid. Yeah, she really did. Oh my God, those hips don't lie. They did oh that. my God. What a dream. But I I mean, I think that trip they went to Europe, they went to Spain and France, I think. But they took other trips. Like they took a trip where she really wanted to go to Cambodia. And Cambodia wasn't even a place like that you went to. It was quite exotic then in the sense they didn't really have that much tourism as well. And um like they would be like in tiny little boats and then like their people would like pitch tents. Like it wasn't like they went to like a boutique. It wasn't hotel. glamping. Yeah, it was, it was not quite, that. It was quite rough. But oh, I love this story about how years later there was some Boston society lady who really wanted to get her and like yeah, sort yeah. of make her look a fool. So they're sitting at lunch at some place and this woman thought she would bring up a, she was like oh i'll bring up a place that isabella hasn't been to so i sure. can so i can talk all about it 
and make her feel like shit. She's like, what, what should I do? Something really obscure. She brings up Cambodia. <laughs> and Isabella's like, oh, well, when I went to Cambodia. <laughs> yeah. She's like, when I was given a shot of oh, adrenaline in Cambodia. Fabulous. She's fabulous. So, so what was really cool about her, and I think this is great with a lot of very smart engineers and, and people that like a, like someone who's the head of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, like head of huge corporations, like a Steve Jobs. I mean, like right. they, they, they team up with a lot of really smart, young, eager people. Yes. So she had, not only was she interested in all this Venetian art, but then she had these sort of art students, mm-hmm. philosophy students, like other students that went out and found it for her. So her collection was much of gr- a group yes. effort, even though she took all the credit. And it's interesting that you bring up like a CEO sort of yeah. vibe, because that really was like she had a lot of control over things like i say her architect hated her it's because she knew exactly how she wanted god forbid a woman to build. yes exactly like <laughs> in I, that age and honestly visiting the museum and knowing that yeah guys brandon visited the museum he went yes. he was a scam spondent he went to the place he yes. knew he was coming on this yes. podcast he visited he asked me if i could go didn't know where it was for a second <laughs> Had a little like uh, conniption. Caitlin agreed, and yes. then I was like, "Yeah, we'll take the Estella. We'll come back in the evening if you don't want to stay overnight." And she's like, "Where is it?" And I said, "Boston." And she's like, "Oh, I cannot go. <laughs> oh, I cannot go. Cannot go. <laughs> oh, there's no <laughs> way." <laughs> I thought we were taking a little trip down to like Long Island. I had like had a last, a little jaunt, a jaunt. But yeah. no, I was like, "I have a baby. There's no way I'm going but on yes, the Estella." It was like she had such a clear vision and had such control over this project. And you said you that was unheard of for a woman to have at that time like it was absolutely not done and a widow yes like completely on her own there there like isabel seward gardner did like sketches in her book when she was away and like there are rooms in the museum where she physically um she mixed the paint herself good for her she showed the painters like the shade that she wanted and mixed it her like she was an artist and she really had a clear vision i think that's amazing because there's so much especially in anything, when you're also creative, there's a lot of apologizing. There's like, I remember you said you walked in and you text me like, this is the most beautiful place I've ever been. It, it's so breathtaking when you walk into it because like you said, it's like a total Venetian palace. Yes. A lot of the elements that you see, she didn't have like commissioned uh-huh. for the building. They're actually from Venice, from oh. ancient Venice. And they were brought She does not buy that shit. She, oh, yes. <laughs> She, she sourced it like wow. from and, and then sorted in warehouses for years. Wow. And used it all to build a new building. And she knew it was coming. Like she's like, yes. I will hold on to this because I'm gonna need this like palm tree and, etching. And play like oversaw the placement of every single element in the that. whole museum. But yeah, you go you walk in and you enter through this courtyard that And it's gardens, right? So it's like it, it takes your breath away. Well, that, and that's does. what's so fascinating is even now, like uh, guys, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like I don't know many museums that you walk into and it's just immediate garden. You walk yeah, into right. it and it it is a building. There are multiple layers. There's like that um that sort of style of like um I'm sure it's Venetian, but it's very like New Orleans yes. where you have like two yeah, yeah. layers up and the high windows, and you have a balcony that yeah. looks over. But you walk in and it, and you guys can look it up online and there's palm trees and yeah. it's a beautiful garden inside. It's so lush. And the funniest thing is um, 
there's a giant domed roof on the the courtyard, Amazing. which was very new for the time that it was built. Oh my god! Yeah. And later, uh, the museum had to build like a UV screen over it oh. and coat the window so like the paintings wouldn't be ruined over time. Right. So now, actually, no light can really penetrate it for the plants. So the plants are changed out like every couple months. Wow. So there is, you're always seeing something new fresh. fresh plants. And because of that there's a new concept like every month. I'm sure she would have loved that. If she would have had the excuse yes. to rip everything yes. out and yes. redo it, she would have. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. sure. I'm sure. Because So the wild thing with all of this, it starts with... Now, Bryn's going to go to all of her idiosyncrasies, which are so funny. But in her will, when she does pass away, it is said, and it is notorious, that nothing can be moved or changed in this museum. Yes. And this really sets up the scam that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um and if you guys have seen it or not, it's called This is a Robbery. It's on Netflix. It's a documentary on her and this incredible heist that is still like the largest art heist. Unsolved art heist. Unsolved in, in history. And I kept watching the documentary going, Alan, can we just get to the end? I need to know who does it. And he's like, hey, right. no, we still no don't know. Knows. No one knows. <laughs> I'm like, this, I was so mad. It was like magic, how much I hate magic. Like, I want to know the end. I want to be in on Alan it. Alan was the Greek chorus. He was like, nobody knows. No, nobody knows. <laughs> this is why you hate magic. This is why you can't sit through many movies. This is why you ruin every mystery. Like, I can't. So that's where we're taking you. We're setting up the scene because an enormous art heist is happens in 1980, 1990, 1990. 90. Yeah. still unsolved. Mm -hmm. And the part that makes it so ridiculous is because in her will, she has said you can't move anything, the paintings, yeah. because she's so specific, because she mixed the paint herself. Now, if you go visit the museum, there are empty frames yes. where people cut out so the pictures that they stole. Yep. And there was 13 in it's total. It's so eerie to right? see them just empty there. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think there was a part of her that was like, if there's some tragedy, if uh, something crashes or breaks, leave it. Like, that's what life is. Like, do you think so that part of her knew? I, I had always heard about the will and okay. how strict it was to not even no, not even move anything. Okay. Like, to remove something is one thing, but you can't even, like, move something. Move a chair? No. Like, they can, they can like, pick it up to dust and, like, restore, yeah. like, all that stuff. But it could be put fucking right back. Yes. Mama's watching. Yes. <laughs> Mom was watching from and somewhere. That I always thought was so strange. I was like, I, I don't understand that. Going there, you immediately understand because it is the way that she has arranged all of these artworks so yeah. that they are speaking to each other. Like, it's not mm-hmm. even that everything is like so thematic. Mm-hmm. It's the way that you have a piece from like, um, I don't know, like ancient Turkey and okay. it's right next to a, renas- a high Renaissance yeah. painting. And there are elements from the vase you're looking at that you can tell influenced the early Renaissance. And they're having this conversation like the vase has a has a pattern on it. And the pattern sort of matches the brocade on the lady's dress in the painting. So you're having this like cross-cultural conversation between art pieces. And one of the cool things about it is there are almost no plaques anywhere that say who did the painting, oh. when it was painted, it's where it's not it came about that from. for her. It is not about that for her. She wants you to have a purely emotional response to That's these pieces incredible. of art. Yeah. Well, also, it's sort of like she is educating the viewer as well. She goes, "You're going to have this experience. I'm going to curate it perfectly," and then she's saying to you. Yes, the Renaissance painting is so amazing and so fantastic, but this artist must have been influenced right, by someone right, else. Right. So she's kind of showing you the path that that artist took. Yes. So she's having you understand the trajectory of it so that you can feel how that artist felt. You can see where he was inspired. And there's, there's just no other museum that I know of that you would see things juxtaposed in that way. Purposely. And, yeah, usually it's like, it, here's Renaissance, here's yes. modern, here's And this. in that way, it's sort of like an anti-museum. Yes. Like, it's not... Totally When you're rich, you can do whatever the fuck you oh want. Oh my gosh, you really <laughs> that can. Really is, that really can. is the method for oh. madness. She's just like, I'm so rich, just go fuck yourself. Yeah, and it was sort of like the hear me out of, of the century. Yeah. Like, hear me out, this will work. I swear it'll be amazing. Hear me out. I'm rich. I'm a widow. I've got tons of cash. That's sort of the perfect tie-in to this podcast. Yes. She herself was sort of a scammer. Now tell us about that. No, guys, we will get to the heist, but yeah. I want to hear about this woman, because she's fascinating. Like... She had to sort of scan a couple of these paintings into America. Tell me everything. Because back then, like, just, like, the taxes that you would have to pay to import, like, masterpieces into a country where they were originated. Oh, and I also feel like it was a boys' club. It was, like, a lot of, like... A lot of intellectual institutions yes. passed it down. Now, don't even get me started with everything that the Nazis stole, but that's after her oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so there's a lot of, like, of a lot of museums I dislike. So I'm like, yes. bitch, you just took that yeah. from Nazis, from Jewish people. But yeah. anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> shout out to my Jews. Um, but <laughs> like the, I feel like there's a lot of red tape to even have ownership of right. a painting. 
And she bit like a few times, I think it was a few times, or if it wasn't, it was just one time. She got around it by <laughs> having, having her art dealer have the painting painted over <gasps> and then restored afterwards. So they didn't know that it was like this priceless piece of art. What? Yeah. <laughs> How do you and do that, that and not that destroy was, it? I guess acrylic. There, there are ways that like, yeah, yeah. That you can layer things and protect them. But like <gasps> that was done. Things were just rolled up and sent uh, back and she was caught a couple of times what can you do do you remember any of this specific? she was she was i know she was caught importing tapestries and tapestries were the easiest to import because you could just roll them up and right they could look it's like a carpet, carpet. Yeah, yeah yeah but yeah someone um she it was really funny because she had the tapestry tapestries stored at a friend's house i believe in italy or somewhere you gotta in you gotta have a friend in and italy just like oh yeah um eventually i will send for these but for now like until i can get them into the country just keep them here okay and the friend either being shady or being forgetful sent them before, to her yeah and she had a big fat bill waiting for her at customs that she <gasps> could not pay oh, really <laughs> yeah because at the end the 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 income was not coming in. Well, yeah, the, she spent that. She was definitely not liquid towards the end. Yeah, and um, she was definitely buying, selling things to buy things. And okay. Yeah, but it was a big scandal. Like Boston society was really sort of done with her at a point. Okay. And she sort of had to claw her way back. Oh. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like. There's because, gotta like, be frustration because Boston wasn't thriving then. You don't. But have... it was also like puritanical Boston that right. was like, oh, you're scamming the country out of tax dollars. Right. Yeah. Because it was early. This is in 1920s. Yeah. So yeah, like the the bulk of her collection was probably the late 1800s. That was then, what she bought from. But this was during the 1920s, and yeah. she was purchasing all of this. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, the late 1800s is when a lot of the paintings were bought. Oh, wait, I'm so confused. And then right around the turn of the century, that's when the museum was actually put up. Okay, so she did all the scamming in 1800s. And I mean, I don't know about all the scamming. But some of the fun yeah, scams. It was, yeah, it, it happened was throughout her life. fluid, yeah. her scamming. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the structure was built in 1920. Yeah. But then that was also sort of like, I guess, 20s to 30s is when it was sort of becoming less liquid. Because yes. she put it all in. Very much so. Okay. Um... But then my my favorite one that she had trouble getting in, um, it was a, I think, Roman Empire sculpture that she desperately wanted to, Who doesn't? to complete the courtyard. <laughs> you have to. Um, and that one, she actually never saw it installed <gasps> in her courtyard in her lifetime oh. because it just wasn't, she wasn't able to get it there. Is it there now? It's there now. Oh. So it, it's sort of beautiful that, like, her vision was eventually completed. It was. The courtyard is, like, an amazing tribute to womanhood. It's really? Kind of, it's really beautiful. Oh, like, my it's God. All, like, it's very themed around the Medusa. Okay. And all of these ancient Grecian women and oh, women in myth that oh, symbolize strength. And then my favorite part of the courtyard is a child sarcophagus that is oh. sort of her tribute to the child that she oh lost. my god yeah she really like this was her prozac her really... adderall her cigarette and like it basically in place of the novel she never wrote you know? know it's like it's truly like a work of art in place of the children she never had like it's, in place, and it's poetry and she never remarried right like she just was like this yeah. is who she dedicated to yeah. now you said she had many men in her life i just read about this one guy who got her some of her most famous mm -hmm 
Renaissance paintings. Berenson was yes. his name, yes. He was a cute young guy. If you look him up on Wikipedia. I've never looked him he's up. He's beautiful. We're <laughs> going to do it right now. Pause for dramatic effect. I think he's a beautiful here. Yeah, but even, even when her husband was alive, she had many more male friendships than female. Um, Tell I me think, about it. Because I think they just understood her more than women. This at beauty. Time. Look at his curls. Oh my God. I know. He's really cute. I know. And like, soft and sweet looking like there's something he's a hard boyish a boyish, very boyish. well she liked that boyish of him so beautiful oh my gosh yeah in the isabella gardner stewart museum they have if you go to their website they're like this is her this is the crime like they're really <laughs> cashing <laughs> yeah, in yes. do you want to hear Wouldn't about this you? scandal i know why yeah. not why not <laughs> it's so funny so yeah she's looks very normal she, and she also had, like, I read that she had artists come in residence that were very, like, it was... The men. Sergeant, yeah. A lot of painters that she had these, like, very close friendships with would come and, like, work in these different rooms in the house. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, And she'd spy on them and have sex with them. <laughs> all, all of the, um, all the biographies are like, did she sleep with them? Who knows? <laughs> I love it. I don't think, I feel like she was a collector. Like She was a collector. She was, like, she was also a very devout woman. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if she had many affairs. No, I don't, I don't get that feeling. I get that she is almost like a curator. Like she will curate yes. very similar, we've said to Caroline Calloway. She can really curate a group of people. <laughs> all roads lead back. Uh, she could, she curated people. She found talent. She found beautiful yes. work. Like she was quite the savant in her time. She was amazing. And I bring up devoutness because she has, um, she has a chapel in, oh, in the house. Okay. Um, with a gorgeous stained glass window that she also imported oh and my had God. Re- re- right, installed. Uh-huh. But like she would actually have a priest come at Christmas and just have mass for only her family. <laughs> only, well, okay, that's what the crazy thing. Brandon told us when they were creating it, when they built it, she had so much privacy around it. Oh. Can you tell the story of the children? She, yeah, she had. This this is also said in the Netflix documentary, which yeah. I was so happy they yes, brought it up because really reading it in the biography, it's so juicy. Yeah, and it's so her because she's always finding like a loophole. A way, so a way around doing things. my kind of woman. I love a <laughs> loophole. I love also somebody who looks for loopholes like I do. Yes. Like I'm like, okay, we see. Mm-hmm. Like sees like. I like what you're doing. So music was also in, extremely important to her, and she wanted music. And to your cat. She wanted music to be a part of the museum as well. So she wanted this like beautiful music hall and to have be concerts yes, and have people concerts. enjoy. It, yeah. Um, and she was a patron of the Boston Philharmonic, and she knew a lot of the musicians and the conductors. She, she knew everybody. She gets so she is almost finished with the museum. Mm-hmm. The building is almost done. The music uh, hall is the last component, and no one has seen it yet. No one has seen it. Yeah, like closest friends are like, "Please, can I see it?" She's like, "No, ma'am, get out of here." So. She wants to test the acoustics of this music hall, which is very important. Yeah. She does not want anyone to see the music hall or any of the museum. Not to experience it. No. It's not not her way. So she was also a contributor to the School for the Blind. (laughs) Yeah. So girl calls in a favor. This girl. She says, wouldn't the children love to hear the Philharmonic play on a lovely afternoon? Wouldn't the children? Of course they would. 
So she just brought in these blind children. Tons of blind people. To just absorb sound in this. Check out the acoustics. And like, I also love that her sound check was with the Boston Philharmonic. Like, oh, it wasn't, it it wasn't, wasn't like she, anybody else. It wasn't like she called like a, a quartet off the street. No, no, no she no. literally called in the Philharmonic for an afternoon and they played. That's amazing with <laughs> so the blind amazing. children. And also everyone does benefit. But what a crazy creative turn. So crazy. And like you said, Ed, no one was hurt. No. Everyone was all the better. Everybody was the better, but you're just like, okay, I guess you could do that. I guess that's an angle we could go through. No one else has probably ever thought of that. Serving her agenda. Just through, through getting philanthropy. it fucking through, done. Through philanthropy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All about money, all about those Benjamins. She's amazing. So, okay, guys, so we're going to bring you to the heist. Now, the thing that I've noticed with this is that I read, too, that when Isabella died and when she passed on, she gave the... The head of the museum, the museum manager, curator, whatever they're called, I don't know the name. What's it? Yeah, something like a museum manager. Yeah, museum person, artistic director. Yeah. Um, was this guy who lived for a very long time. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> we have to stop right now. Please start over. Okay, start wait, over. guys, there is, before we get to the heist, there is a photo done, I mean, a picture painting done oh, by painting. Singer Sergeant. John Singer Sergeant. John Singer Sergeant of Miss Gardner. The last portrait. Looking like a mummy. <laughs> Just draped in blankets. And this is how I live on weekends. Oh, like it's absolutely. it's so amazing. It's she didn't say for my last portrait, please take like a beautiful boudoir. Oh, she no. said, I'm gonna sit on a couch. I have blankets all over me, all over my head. Oh, I mean, this was when she was really old. Yes. There were I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the heating in that place was not great. So I'm sure she was always just draped. Freezing, yes. Freezing and draped. Freezing and draped. She could not walk around the museum. No, she suffered a stroke. So she was literally carried in like a rickshaw around her place. Which is probably Amazing. what she wanted from the beginning. Oh, if I'm being absolutely. honest, she wanted a rickshaw from the get-go. Not a, like the, those gondolas. Yes, that you yes. Like the yeah. queens oh of God. Nefertiti and stuff. Yeah. So that is so fascinating to me. So she's... That is a ridiculous picture. But, okay, if I'm looking at... Okay, the first director, Morris Carter, Mm -hmm. who was the secretary and former librarian of Museum of Fine Arts in Boston. He cataloged the entire collection and actually wrote a biography on her. So he was it from 1877 to 1965. Right, I forgot he was the sanctioned biographer, too. Yeah, for so long. Morris Carter, I think, also lived in the museum with her at the time, but, like, before she died. Yeah. So then George Stout was there. He was very long-term. And Roland Van Nostrand Hadley. So then they hand it over to Anne Hawley, and she just gets fucked. (laughs) 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 She was there for six months. And the robbery happens. Can you imagine... I can't, I can't imagine because that's my biggest fear and I think oh, of that. My that's like my nightmare God. where somebody goes, Caitlin, you have to do this song and dance from a chorus line and you are like three of the parts and it's my, I'm literally, I wake up in a sweat. Very relatable. Very relatable. Very relatable. But like they throw her in here. She was new. It was exciting. She was young. She was a woman. I think she was the first she was, woman. Yeah, first woman. And what was happening at that time is things became very, very laxed. There were a lot of repairs that needed to happen. So they didn't have air conditioning. Can yeah. you imagine? They, they didn't have air conditioning. They had a leak that was affecting their paintings. Like they yeah. had extreme issues. So she is there trying to, I'm sure, with some dignity, like she's trying, I'm sure she's trying to gain control of this and ask for respect yeah. as a female in this situation for her first time in 1989. Absolutely. And then 
Six months in, a heist happens. And the reporters, the news people are just like, ask her questions. She has no idea. She hadn't even like, she was working her hardest to literally make sure paintings weren't getting like water damage. So she hadn't become abreast. Abreast? Yeah. Yeah, She she hasn't been abreast on everything happening. Her breasts were not abreast. (laughs) I saw no pun intended. No pun intended, but her breasts were floppy. No, uh, she she was not aware of anything, and then all hell breaks loose. Guys, that was the first half of this amazing episode with Brandon. It's a little bit on the shorter side because there's just so many parts to it. We had to break it up, so. We've covered everything about Isabella Stewart Gardner. And now in next week's episode, we're going to cover the heist. If you want, you can watch the documentary that we were talking about. It's a Netflix series called This is a Robbery. And I'm dying to hear what you guys think. Do you think, who do you think did it? There are so many suspects. And you know, on our mailbags, and you know I will respond to your messages, I need to know your thoughts and feelings. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Brandon, for coming in and being our special first-time in-person guest. And thank you, Kate and Jesse, for doing amazing editing. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery, following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world, in which viruses are gods, and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Eco meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.